0: All in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Of course, people here are very supportive, compassionate. They get it. They love their coach and, and his wife, Julie, she's the best. Um, Yeah, it was awesome to see. Um, Yeah, I I noticed it as well, and it's great. You know, uh, hopefully, and we all keep praying uh, prayers matter, uh, you know, that everything continues to move in a positive direction for Julie. Rush
1: is back. Final hour, Teddy Lehman here, Tyler McComas hanging out in studio, 651-3439, Knipple Meyer text line. Oh, Tyler, by the way, yeah. our, um, our Chick-fil-A countdown clock is up and running. We are, hang on, we're 20 seconds away from being exactly five days away from kickoff
2: well that's good I am uh, actually surprised that someone said it correctly and not just to the standard 11 a.m. kickoff I'm I'm glad that we all remember that kickoff time is 5 p.m. thanks to the uh, ESPN plus game
1: it's going to be nice which
2: it feels like can can OU name the time that they want to start for those ESPN plus games or at That's least a have a question. very heavy influence because those pay-per-view games, those ESPN Plus games, always seem to start later in the day.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I'm sure you can to a certain degree. I don't know if you can just kick it off whenever the hell you want, but uh, I'm sure I there's more guess, flexibility. I would guess OU has
2: a pretty heavy influence on yeah. yeah, we'd like this one to start later in the day, please.
1: What do we think? I think 5 o'clock's actually... A really good time for it. You know, you get into the seven thirty and which I don't mind a seven thirty primetime kick at all. I, I don't I, I think that that's awesome. But you know, five o'clock you kinda you catch a lot of the game before, you catch it's the best of both worlds, yeah, kinda of is what I it think feels it's, like. I think it's all right. you,
2: you get a day on campus to tailgate, hang out at campus corner, watch the eleven AM games, watch a lot of games and still get home at a reasonable time. Now five. five is a it's not a normal start for major college football teams, but, no, nah, it'll be good on Saturday. I, a 5 o'clock start is going to feel better outside than what it did last uh, week, well, I bet. It
1: gonna, it'll feel better at the end of the game, not the beginning. That's going to kick off warm-ups, and kickoff is going to be the hottest part of the day for everyone.
2: I am very interested in how one particular position group works out. What did you just find? There?
1: 93 is the high right See, now, I, Tyler. That's
2: nothing, man. 93. Might, might wear sleeves on Saturday. Woo. I'm very interested, and it's a good problem. To ha- they're, they're in a spot where it's a good problem to have, but what do they do at running back in terms of the amount of carries, who gets the start, who gets the bulk of the carry? Like, Tawie Walker got the start last week, and he he didn't do anything to give up that starting spot, but I believe uh, Barnes ended up with the most carries on the day, correct?
1: Yes, um, I think what you're asking is, if if they continue to where nobody really separates, what are they going to do with the carry distribution? Is that kind of what you're asking? Uh,
2: I mean, yeah, I mean, really going into Saturday is going to be the same approach? But sure, you can look forward
1: to. I would imagine. Well. I would imagine it's the same approach. Now, my guess, and I don't know this exactly, but my guess is the coaching staff. Has them tiered, right, whether they're all like 1A, 1B, 1C, I don't know, but they've got them tiered. And my guess is you're going to see like, Saturday is going to be your actual who they think is the best guy is going to be out there first So who, the most.
2: who's the favorite to the most carries? Is it Javante Barnes, like you did last week with 13? What you're saying is this is the real – Telltale sign of who DeMarco thinks his best two backs are. I like, think th- th- so. This is the Saturday.
1: And I also think that
2: – I think it's going to be Tawie, Walker, and Barnes if I had to guess.
1: Okay. I, I would say that week one, your your production tally where you had Barnes had, um, you know, five more carries than the next guy. He had 13. Walker had eight. um, Arnold, Jackson Arnold had five. Um, Marcus Major had nine. So I guess it went Barnes, uh, Marcus Major, and then Tawi Walker. But they're all right there. And here's how that – like that breakdown, it's not a true breakdown because a lot of those calls are RPO calls, and it's based off of what the defense – what look they give, whether or not the quarterback's handing it off or not. So the carries is it really – a true sense of who they wanted to get the ball more, if that makes sense. Sure. So, I don't know. The real wild
2: card is if Sawchuck is available to play uh on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that if he's a hundred percent, he gets the start, but he's going to factor into the mix, of course.
1: Of your running backs, um Talwee Walker had the highest average. He had eight for forty-four and a five and a half-yard average. Now. Both quarterbacks were right around seven and a half yards, which was better than that, but uh, for running backs, Toby Walker had the best yards per carry, and he was followed by Caleb Hicks at 4.7, then Javante Barnes at 3.8, and then Marcus Major at 3.4. Smothers was 2.3. So what all that means, I have no idea. I don't think anyone separated themselves, and I would also suggest that the The unseen stuff is probably the biggest factor, and it's stuff that it's hard to just know. No, no no one
2: separated. I don't think anyone played bad. Um, What two hundred twenty yards on the day? Four and a half yards per carry. Eh, okay. I uh, I would like to see, and I think we need to see, way more yards of fifteen plus. You know, fifteen plus yards or more.
1: Yeah. Well, I will say this:
2: defense that Arkansas State was playing. I understand that that was a little bit of an issue to yeah. pop in some big runs, but the opportunity will be there on Saturday against SMU.
1: Whoever, whoever was in on the deep ball to, Andrew L. Anthony, the first deep ball of the game.
2: Uh, well, it's how we started. I think he was still in on that drive.
1: Well, he about got his quarterback at the. The Arkansas State guy was so scared of getting a. A penalty that he didn't even hit, Dylan Gabriel. He should have absolutely obliterated. Well, that's
2: surprising him. with Talwee Walker being in there. I, I would, well, I would think he might be your best pass protector.
1: It was a blitz, and the linebacker came from like a weird angle, and he he scanned, and then he went out to the left a little bit too early, and after he scanned, and then. Took his eyes and moved outside. That backer looped around, and why he didn't absolutely destroy Dylan Gabriel, I have no idea. I, I'm
2: pretty sure it was Talwee Walker because they had the third and two. He picks it up on the ground, and then the very next play, they go deep to Andrew Lanthony, yeah. The play that you're talking That's about, probably right. But it's they're they're in a if it's a problem, it's a good problem to have at running back trying to figure out who's going to get the most carries on Saturday against a better team.
3: Yeah. I
2: think the same could be said about wide receiver. That, to me, looks a little bit more clear. I, I think that we see the same starting three as as Saturday if Drake Stoops is ready to go with Gavin Freeman getting a lot of run at wide receiver, and I, I'm just interested to see how much Jacquesz Petaway we see after the numbers that he had, um, how much Nick Anderson we see after the game that he had, how much Jaden Gibson we see after the game they had. Yeah they like, this is the most optimistic we felt about wide receiver. In a while, man. So, how hard do they work to get eight, nine different different bodies in on Saturday? And
1: that all depends on the game, of course. Are you... Are, is there any uh, worry for you that... What was it? Was it ten guys caught balls and Farouk didn't catch yeah. one?
2: Um, I mean, worry, it's like... It's one of those that you, you write it down and you Just say... Notable. It's notable. Right. It's notable. And he had... He had a play in the end zone going to the southwest corner. It hit him in the hands, man. I I, I know it it wasn't just wide open or perfect, but it hit him in the hands. I'd like to see him make that play. It's one of those where it's notable, and if it happens again this week where he doesn't have any receptions and just one touch on a rushing play and Gavin Freeman has another big day and all the other wide receivers around him do, it's, all right, let's let's start to have the conversation as to is is someone going to surpass him.
1: Well, you know – one of the reasons it's it's notable like, okay, in a typical situation, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even second guess it. You know, maybe it was the coverage they were throwing at him, maybe they were rolling up to his side with a with a corner pressed on him and a half field safety over the top. Like sometimes you'll get that with a guy, but no catches, one target and a drop, and I think they handed it to him on a sweep and what has been a really really quiet spring off season and fall camp i mean we heard, heard all kinds of stuff about a bunch of different guys we just
2: did he had every opportunity this off season to take that spot and kind of run with it and make it his and it didn't sound like he did that all off season and he didn't do it on saturday
1: which is it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that because we didn't hear about him, like that things weren't good. It's just there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting things kind of piling up there, and I'm will, I'm giving the kid the benefit of the doubt. I think he's a big physical receiver. I think he's he's way better after the catch or on the sweeps than I expected he was going to be. He's a tough tackle because he's so he's just kind of a a hardy type of receiver. But I mean, it's notable. At at some point, you kind of have to ask. It's like okay, well. Let's see what let's see what happens here because right now, he's he's just. It took a long time for him to to kind of show up last year too, and it was almost forced on him last year.
2: Nine one eight one. They targeted him down the field. Two. They gave it to him on the sweep. He's going to be a flat player. Stop worrying. Jesse G says two of the miss two of the three missed passes were Farouk targets. What's a flat player? I was hoping that you could uh, tell the rest of us.
1: They targeted him downfield. They gave it to him on the sweep. He's going to be a flat player. Well, if they target him... like I, The flat is the wide area of the field uh, at and just beyond the line of scrimmage. If he's a flat player, they wouldn't target him downfield. I mean, I don't know. I don't think they have anyone that, at a receiver that is just going to play the flat or is just a deep ball guy. I mean, they all are going to kind of do some stuff. I'm not worried. I'm not... Frankly, I'm not worried at all. We got plenty of talent there. Worry is not the right word for it. I, I'm it, just curious.
2: Yeah, I'm curious too because whereas he didn't really stand out on Saturday, others with more of a with a higher ceiling at wide receiver did. I think that that's probably what's right, most I mean, concerning it's... for him. Right? Like Nick Anderson's got the highest ceiling of any wide receiver on the team, most likely, and that was the first or that was at least. The, the game uh, throughout any point in his career where we said, oh okay, all right, there there it is, starting to seed a little bit. Same thing for Jaden Gibson, right? Right. And those guys are only going to get better, I would think. And if Farouk really doesn't take hold of that one second wide receiver spot, he's in jeopardy of those other guys making more and more plays and surpassing him at some point. Right. But is it, like, to the textures point, are we worrying after one game? No. Just monitoring it here no. in the next two weeks moving Not forward.
1: worried. Just... I thought it was curious. That's it.
2: Sark's Vodka looks like my pick of having three running backs with over 700 yards and five total running backs with a touchdown will hit this season. No applause needed.
1: Boomer! Um, yeah, uh, hey, that actually looks good, but the problem is right now is you may have more than three uh, that that are going to get carries early on whenever you get to really stack a lot of those yards up. It looks like they're going to be handing it to the uh, the Smothers kid and the Hicks kid, some too. Uh,
2: okay, uh, what was it? at what point does Dylan
1: start running more? That's from the four hundred two. When they need it, they ain't gonna show nothing till Texas.
2: That's what uh, you talking about the defense on on last Saturday is like what Brent was saying all off season. Oh yeah, we ain't gonna show nothing till SMU.
1: Yeah, I don't know i I think um, I think it was notable that both quarterbacks made some really nice plays with their legs. Led in yards per carry. I think both of them are really good options there. I said it yesterday. I think it was an interesting little clue that they ran quarterback power with Jackson Arnold, which is a short yardage type of run play. And that, to me, is like a hint that perhaps they could have something for him short yardage and goal line or red zone area to where – you know, there's a lot of heavy run with him, and then you build some play action stuff off of it. Just very. How would you rate
2: his uh, as someone who didn't end zone celebrates in a in a great way? How would you rate his end zone celebration? Jackson Who's, Arnold's didn't see it. He did the uh, the OU to the north end zone.
1: Well, let me ask you something because ah dang it, I was gonna ask Coach Venables between breaks last night, uh, between segments, but I forgot. I wanted to ask him – I get real nervous about the recruiting thing, but I was going to say, hey, it was awesome to see Jackson Arnold celebrating that 2007 Big 12, <laughs> yeah. Big 12 championship. And I, has there been anything else on that, like where that came from? We, or? N- 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 nothing else
2: from him. Um, he did say after the game that, I mean, I just, I just really like the shirt. I think it looks cool. Yeah. Where, where'd you get it? Ah, someone uh-huh. just gave it to me. <laughs> right? Right. So, I, he he was a hell of a recruiter for his recruiting class last year. I yeah. mean, he, he was fantastic. So, some guys are just always recruiting, and I don't think that you just accidentally wear an OU Missouri 2007 Big 12 Championship t-shirt.
0: Yeah, of course not. I don't
2: think that that happens on accident. But, if you got 45 seconds on the recruiting front, things are going quite nicely, Everyone that has a prediction is throwing out predictions for Danny Okoye to uh, to be a part of this OU Whoa. class. Will Fong put one in, Cole Patterson, Spiegelman. All right, dude, all these national guys. And I just find that interesting, man, that he takes an OV to OU and then the Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday after, here's all these local and national guys putting in predictions. Just makes me think that. Maybe Danny Okoye told the staff something before he left town.
1: Well, I saw something that came across my timeline that what did he say? Like, I know my final three, I might as well yeah. pick it Yeah, Which now, is not or, a surprise. That's yeah.
2: OU Texas and Tennessee, but Texas and Tennessee feel like they're two and three and OU's got a quite the nice lead at number one right now.
1: I, hey, I think he is uh I think he's a really good looking player. 65225 yeah yeah he's he's got some really good size to him he's incredibly weight room strong already which is kind of a little more rare for a guy that's got that type of link that he's got right now he's a he's a fascinating prospect
2: number 1 player in the state of Oklahoma according to Rivals Ooh. number 180 nationally yeah he's good
1: that's pretty good 180 nationally huh
2: all right well i think that's you also have to factor in with him where he plays high school. Like if he was if he was dominating at the six A 6A level, six A one level, he's probably getting a little bit more credit nationally than what he's getting right now. I'm yeah. Not saying that he would be a top thirty player, but six five two twenty five and some of the things that he could show on film, I, I gotta feel like he's getting knocked a little bit for the quote unquote you know the competition that. He might play. And, and and I think that that's stupid to rate a player that way. I'm just bringing that up because I do think that that happens in recruiting rankings. Oh, Some guys get a bump based on what level of high school football they play compared to others.
1: It definitely happens. And quite frankly, I think it should be the opposite of what happens. The more raw a prospect is, the more likely I'm to, I am to rate him higher. Some of these kids that are playing at, you know, a big time program in Texas. They've already squeezed almost every ounce of production out of these kids. They've been really well coached from little league to junior high to the high school level. They've been in, you know, elite strength and conditioning programs. They've been they've been working individually with with position coaches that. Now you know that are that are separate from from the school they go to. Like to me, I come across a kid that well, he's homeschooled, isn't
2: he? Well, yeah, he plays for for Noah yeah. up there. Yeah, the homeschool. Yeah.
1: I come across a kid like that. I'm more likely to to rate him way higher because I feel like there's there's more raw potential than a guy that I feel like's already been, you know. They've trimmed all the fat, and you, you almost what you see is what you get.
2: And ho-hum, they're going to get a top 90 player nationally on the defensive line on Friday. So, things are going You're quite You're calling well. it. That's pretty wow. Everyone else uh, has already been calling it. So, yes, I'm there all with right. everyone else.
1: Nigel Smith, yep. big-time player, mm-hmm. probably translates to an edge guy, which, um, hey, keep them coming. The more, the merrier. I know people are probably pounding the table for some interior guys, and I understand that, but... Um, that's, that's good. Keep those guys coming. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Final hour rolls on. A
0: true Sooner fan wouldn't be caught dead without the KREF app. Join the Army. Get the app. Tell your friends. This is The Ref, where diehard Sooner fans listen.
4: If you're looking for a no-appointment-needed doctor's visit, head to Norman Regional's Walk-In Clinics in Norman and Moore. Open Monday through Friday from 7A to 7P. Our walk-in clinics offer convenience for new or established patients. The clinic providers treat allergies, cold and flu symptoms, sore throats, stomach viruses, and more. Our Norman Clinic is located at Norman Regional 9, 2000, and Brandon Boulevard, Suite 201. And our Moore Clinic is located at Norman Regional Moore, 700 South Telephone Road, Suite 201.
2: Did the recent storms damage your home and roof? Call All-American Roofing today. All-American Roofing has been repairing and replacing roofs for over 40 years and is a second-generation locally-owned roofing company. They are also a Google-guaranteed contractor and offer free inspections. Our roofers are GAF Master Elite contractors with a BBB A-plus rating. Call All-American Roofing today at 405-787-0400. All-American Roofing, the best roofing company in Oklahoma. 405-787-0400.
1: Okay, so five tacos of cheese and a large soda. That's ten thousand
3: and twelve dollars. Please drive around.
1: Wait, ten thousand what? It's
3: obvious you're buzzed and driving. I've
1: only had a few. I'm fine.
3: Yeah, the food's twelve box, but getting pulled over for buzz
4: driving could cost you around ten thousand dollars in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Please drive around.
1: Actually, just park and come in.
2: Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz
4: driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. They say if you don't like the weather in Oklahoma, wait five minutes and check it again. Nope, not there yet. Ah, that's more like it. Being comfortable is important. And if it's minus five degrees or 100 degrees, Norman Air has you covered. Our impeccable quality and unbeatable service is what sets us apart from our competitors. It's just part of our mission to keep Oklahoma comfortable. Visit NormanAir.com for all your heating, air, plumbing, and electrical needs. Norman Air, service to the max. Hey, life doesn't stop when cancer starts. After diagnosis, treatment is vital. But for some, just getting there to appointments, chemo, or radiation is a major challenge. You can change that. Volunteer to give rides with the American Cancer Society Road to Recovery Program. Driving for a few hours of your day can make a life-saving difference for someone with cancer. Visit cancer.org slash drive to learn more.
2: When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for youth.
4: Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals into your body.
2: And nicotine, which can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s.
4: With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media.
0: Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not.
4: So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping. Because when you talk, they hear you.
0: Learn more at underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. Life is yours to spend. Spend it expanding your balance. Spend it expanding your mind. Spend it wondering what comes next. Spend it trusting that God has a plan. Spend it taking small steps in your own life. Spend it making a big impact on someone else's. First United Bank. Spend life wisely.
3: Got a really good, strong SMU team coming in here uh, this weekend. Uh, really looking forward to a challenge that they, they uh, bring to the table they've got it's a veteran football team they've got give or take 14 15 seniors starting on uh, defense and offense so very experienced football team they've done a great job uh, in just a short amount of time Uh, know Rhett Lashley really well and everywhere he's been he's had great success Uh, obviously on the offensive side of the ball as a coordinator and He's done a great job here in a short amount of time with uh, SMU.
2: A lot of returning starters from last year, SMU. 14 or 15 on both sides of the ball. For a uh, program, I don't, I don't know how portal-heavy they are. They feel like they're portal-heavy for some reason. Maybe they were before Rhett Lashley got there.
1: They got some star power that's portal-heavy. They,
2: uh, Yeah, they're good offense, man. Good. I, I think they're really, I, really good they're good at quarterback and they mix that in with some some really good skill position players. They are uh they're talented for sure. Yeah. No doubt about it.
1: The uh the LJ Johnson kid that led him in receiving in week 1 is lightning fast, 5'10", he's kind of thicker bodied guy, not tall but uh he's got some size to him. Uh oh, sorry, he's uh the run, led him in uh um in rushing, not receiving. Jordan He's, Hudson,
2: I think, led him in receiving. Yeah. TCU um, transfer.
1: Yeah, man. They've they just got some dudes, man. They've got s- skill position guys that can go.
2: Uh, 405, what did you think of all the SEC losers in week one? I asked before mm. the season how many people would make an effort to watch more SEC games, seeing as that's the conference that you're going to be playing in next year. I did not. I didn't think about it. I didn't feel myself actively searching for more SEC games than I did previously. There, well, And it wasn't a great slate was, of games either.
1: It really wasn't. Now, I watched the LSU-Florida State game. I watched the South Carolina-North uh, Carolina game. I watched the uh, Florida-Utah game. Outside of that, I don't think anyone else had anything notable. Tennessee, so I guess I like all had the at least
2: a power five opponent and they was that started little l- Tennessee or something no Tennessee played Virginia in Nashville that's right Alabama yeah, yeah, yeah. played middle Tennessee state
3: that's right
1: um
2: I did flip it over to Missouri late last week, just hoping that um they would get upset, but they pulled was, it off yeah, they pulled it off yeah. How did they do it I don't know
1: we've they've got um they've got Kansas state coming up i don't, the big twelve had I don't know more interesting games. I don't know. I watched the TCU game. Um, I watched about every
2: snap of the Tech-Wyoming game.
1: Tech-Wyoming. I didn't watch. I watched the end of that. I don't know. I, I think I'm more likely right now to watch a, a Big 12 team unless it's a notable SEC matchup. But in non-conference, it's it's kind of weird. When conference play happens, I bet I'll be a little bit more t- uh, tuned into SEC if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, Trey says I've never been a watch a conference game. I watch every game. Kind of how I am too. I've, but I am interested just how how uh, locked into the Big Twelve I'm going to be once we're off for uh, bigger and better adventures in the SEC.
1: No, that's true. Here's how I usually go. I always watch Kansas State if they're on, and I have the ability to watch them. Um, I always watch Texas, and I always – this year it's not going to be the case, but when they were at their at their peak, I always watched Iowa State. So there's – even within just the Big 12, there's teams that I watch and I don't. I always watch Kansas State. I think they're just a fascinating program. 405, is Kamar Wheaton hurt or just overrated?
2: Uh, suspended for game one. That's, that's what he was. No. Shocking. <laughs> you you say after, uh, the crazy twists and turns that recruitment took, you're shocked that he was suspended for a game? Who, could, game have, who could
1: have seen that one coming? No way. Sarks Vodka has we'll back, a
2: h- hot take at wide receiver. Okay. Also, my pick of Petaway being our best wide receiver after the OU Texas game could come to fruition. It's going to be between him and Andrell Anthony by the looks of it. I think Pedaway offers more. Got to see him behind the defense competition first. I know everyone will call for my head with that pick. Truth hurts, people. Petaway will break away from that room soon.
1: Well, hang on a second. I'm not saying you're wrong. I think Petaway looked great. Um, I thought Andrell Anthony looked great. But let's keep some things in perspective. Um, in... That football game, number one, one of the starters in front of him went down. So he ended up getting more snaps probably than they envisioned him getting. Number two, the reason he had as many catches as he did isn't that Jeff Levy was targeting Pedway. It's those are RPOs, and Jackson Arnold comes to the line, he counts the numbers in the box. If they're heavy in the box, he's throwing the bubble. It's already decided. It doesn't matter if Pedway's there. It doesn't matter if Gavin Freeman's there. It doesn't matter who is playing that position. It's a numbers game. He's just going to turn and throw the bubble. Now, I I thought what Pedway did was great. I think he's got some great skill after the catch, and he's probably earned himself a, a bigger piece of the action. But if you get Drake Stoops back, it's going to be Drake, Gavin Freeman getting the majority of those reps. Those, as of right now? And those, those two, I think a lot can shift on this team,
2: even at wide receiver. But Drake Stoops and Gavin Freeman aren't going to all of a sudden find themselves out of the rotation. That's not, that's not going to happen. That's right. So I guess the question is how much does that affect Petaway's usage this year?
1: I think he's going to get plenty of plenty of opportunity. I just, I feel like, I feel like Saturday was a little bit skewed for for several reasons as to why he ended up getting as many catch uh, catches as he did. But that's okay. Like I still, I still think it's very reasonable to suggest that he may really take off on the second half of the year, and that may be because of. Something happens. I
2: I do need to give uh, Sark's Vodka a belated uh, Mm. thank you. Like (laughs) When you see the texter name, Sark's Vodka, he called in in the postgame show. You really don't know what to expect. And at that time, I didn't know what to expect. And he called during the height of people complaining on the text line, the internet complaining about the lack of pass rush. So I didn't know what I was going to get from Sark's Vodka. And he basically said that that opinion was crap. Quit complaining about a seventy three nothing win. What are we doing? What are we talking about here? He uh he kind of killed that whole thing Saturday and I, I really appreciated yep. him for that. That we, we didn't get caught in the weeds for an hour and a half talking about a pass rush and a seventy-three nothing win.
1: Yeah. Well, I I totally get that perspective. But I also I also understand and encourage for the listeners. The fans of the football program to dice this thing up, man. What do you see? I think it's, I think oftentimes you can come up, you can kind of crowdsource what our issues are better than you can just from one person's perspective. If you start to hear 10, 15, a bunch of people call in and they've got the same complaint, there's probably something there bubbling under the surface. Yeah.
2: Um, Really, once we get into tomorrow, we'll be locked into all OUSMU and looking ahead to this slate of college football games. Tuesday's kind of the day that we put uh, the previous week behind us. So, who were the three biggest winners in college football after week one? Colorado, yes. Yeah. Florida State, yes. Yeah. Duke? Duke. Yeah.
1: Pretty easy. Right? Duke uh, found their way into the top 25. Biggest win for them. After knocking off a a top 10 team in Clemson. Anyone else that you can think of? Everything else kind of held point, didn't it?
2: Oh, I thought the Wyoming Cowboys had a swell weekend out there in Laramie.
1: Wyoming? Yeah, they looked good. Um,
2: But no, I mean Colorado, they are the biggest story in the sport right now. Florida State, it like their win, Clemson's loss. It looks like they're on a they're they're in a pretty good spot right now and then Duke, their biggest win and god knows how long. To a much the three.
1: lesser degree because they've played two not very good football teams but you don't punish them for doing what good teams do. Notre Dame's rolling. Yep. They scored 42 against Navy and they scored 56 against Tennessee State, and only gave up three in each of those games. Pretty
2: quiet for them. Um, They had the spotlight in their first game, Week 0. Yeah, But he looked looked good. They got a freshman wide receiver, Jaden Greathouse, who looks like he could be a star.
1: On the year, uh, Hartman is uh, 33 of 40 for 445 and six touchdowns. He's completing nearly 83% of his passes and looks really calm, collected, doing it. He's added a, a rushing touchdown on the ground. Who knows? Maybe it's all fluff and there's nothing there. And as soon as they, they get a real opponent, things are going to change, which they're at NC State this week. That's going to be a little bit different ball game than what they saw the first two. Now, how good is NC State? I don't know, but going on the road against a, a legit team.
2: Camo Center says Texas State a winner. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Let's go. And I was about ready to declare Central Arkansas a winner late in the third quarter. That one didn't work
1: out. By God, Texas State Colts. (laughs) All right, quick timeout. More from the Rush coming up. Keep the text line hopping. 651-3439.
0: The word is spreading, and the Ref Army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network and worldwide on the KREF
4: app. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC truck series, like offering the world's first available six-function multi-pro tailgate on Sierra. This tailgate takes innovation to the next level with six distinct functions that let you load, unload, and access the cargo box quicker and easier. The list goes on, but it's more than just innovative engineering. It's knowing GMC is committed to professional-grade excellence on every level. See your Oklahoma GMC dealers.
0: The Ref Radio Sports Network has the Sooner State covered. Yo, that's crazy. From Norman to Lawton, Clinton, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, and beyond.
2: That's a lot of potatoes. And when you're away,
0: never miss a second with a K-Ref app.
2: And it's for anywhere and
4: anytime at all. Search
0: Carry F in the App Store on your favorite device. All the Sooner coverage you want when you need it with the K-Ref app. The Ref Sports Radio Network.
3: Hi, I'm Trevor Turner with RK Black. RK Black is the leading provider of information technology solutions in small and medium-sized organizations. Is your business looking to get more from technology? If so, let RK Black help design a technology platform or cloud solution that propels your business forward. RK Black has helped numerous organizations have better mobility and more efficiencies through technology. Visit us online at rkblack.com or call 943-9800.
4: Needing some electrical upgrades around your house? Don't do it yourself. Trust the experts at Wade Electric. Wade Electric has been family owned and operated for over 50 years and is committed to the highest level of service and safety. Service changes, LED upgrades, electric car charger, or backup generators, we do it all. Leave it to the experts at Wade Electric. Call 405-329-1940 to speak with our trusted professionals. Oklahoma football is the best, and Balfour of Norman on historic campus corner has been Sooner fans' favorite OU shop, for more than 45 years. Locally owned, Jerry and Libby invite you to stop by and see what is new. Choose from great polos from Jordan, Nike, Columbia, Antigua, and women's tees and fashion tops that'll get you game ready. You will also find something for the younger Sooner fans with sizes from newborn through youth. There's a large collection of OU hats, including the new Hui hats. With their selection of socks, Pal Ford literally has you covered from head to toe. But they are more than just a t shirt shop with everything you need for tailgating or watch parties, serving pieces, ball. and even framed art of Sooner grates and other decorative pieces. If it says OU, Balfour has got it. You can count on Balfour of Norman for the best selection, quality, and service. Or shop online at crimsonproud.com, where you will find everything sooner.
2: Get geared up at Balfour of Norman, 792 Asp Avenue on Historic Campus Corner.
1: One smile is great, but one smile in a community of smiles is so much better. Smile Train celebrates the cleft lip and palate community by empowering medical professionals in over 70 countries to perform essential cleft care in their local communities. Learn how Smile Train is helping the cleft lip and palate community at
3: smiletrain.org learn. Smile Train, changing the world one smile at a time. just maturing you know his perspective changed uh a lot of nurturing uh, by a lot of people and uh you know he needed he'd be the first one to tell you how to grow up you know just how you show up every day consistently and you know compete and be a great teammate and take coaching and uh, put your nose in a playbook and get out of your own way uh and uh really proud of the progress that he's made and again the, the, the maturity that you're seeing every day from him uh, having some su- success is good for everybody uh you know from an affirmation standpoint doing you know what we ask him to do and uh but he's really uh had a great transformation you know in the last six months
2: Brent Venables earlier today at his press conference talking about Jaden Gibson yeah one of the uh one of the feel good stories of the day him making a couple of uh, competitive catches college game day final ranked his catch in the end zone as the number four play of week one really yeah yeah pretty cool pretty cool hopefully Jaden Gibson is uh able to do it again this Saturday and I don't know I I saw it. You saw it. The quarterback saw it as well. Maybe they're a little bit more willing now when he's in the Uh, game. If there's nothing open, to say, I got no issue throwing up a ball to this guy and see if he can come down with it.
1: uh, Yes, you're right. I will just kind of restate that in a in a different manner. He's always open. (laughs) Well, 6'5", for sure, yes. (laughs) If you just get it over there and... Worst thing's going to be an incomplete pass, most likely. Take advantage of that, and he's got the right mindset to know, yeah, I can make this play, I can go over the top. If maybe they don't put it in the right spot, maybe I do need to become a defender, but down in that area of the field especially... Throw it up and let that dude go over the top. We dogged OU's
2: schedule all offseason and it didn't look any better after week one. Like UCF looked pretty good, but they didn't play a very good team in Kent State. Cincinnati. TCU. TCU loses at home to Colorado. Cincinnati looked good, but the point is, is that for OU's schedule and what it really looks like, yep. this is a big week, man. Like KU is a three-point favorite at home against Illinois. Um you've got You've got Iowa State playing Iowa at home, four-point spread there. Mm -hmm. You've got Cincinnati playing at Pitts. You've got UCF at Boise, three-and-a-half-point spread. You've got Oklahoma State at Arizona State, three-and-a-half-point spread. There's a lot of OU opponents that are locked in a one-score spread this weekend. it's,
1: It's great because a lot of those schools we just don't know a whole lot about. They looked a certain way in week one. But you know, like like Cincinnati. I thought Cincinnati looked really good. Um Emory Jones went out and lit it up. He had three hundred and forty five yards on nineteen completions. That's, I think he was
2: big twelve offensive player of the week.
1: Yeah. I think what, seven total touchdowns, I think he threw for five and ran for a couple more. Uh they just absolutely destroyed um whoever it was that they were playing some no eastern Kentucky or something. But they looked good, but you don't know anything about them. We're going to learn a lot more about them before – because don't they play someone else, too, uh, before they play us? Um,
2: well, OU is their first Big 12 game. Right.
1: No, they got Pitt, and then they got Miami of Ohio. I yeah. thought they had another – which I guess Miami of Ohio is not, not – it ain't Yeah, Eastern but Pitt's Kentucky. going to. Yeah.
2: that's That's a blueprint for how they play that mm-hmm. – if Cincinnati looks good offensively against those guys then that'll that'll really catch my attention. I agree. Like, ooh, okay.
1: I agree. Yeah, our early part of the schedule we get to learn quite a bit about the teams that we're going to face. Big week for good. the
2: Big 12, man. It was an embarrassing week last week. I just ooh. mentioned all of those games that could be close, but Baylor's 0 and 1, they got to play Utah. Uh, Texas is at Alabama. Tech is 0 and 1, they got to play Oregon at home. Actually, I mean, across the board, this is a very intriguing week for the conference. Yeah, I'm and then Kansas State—it's like they're not going to get beat by Troy. Like, come on, guys, don't get beat by Troy. Don't do it. But they had a good defense last year.
1: You know, Kansas State as like—it's so weird—the team that is like, the most disciplined, the most attention to detail, the most like team built philosophy built program guys, they are still shockingly susceptible to getting beat by a random-ass team that they have no business getting beat by. You know? It's weird. Um, I'm not saying that's going to happen to Troy, but... uh, And
2: I'll give him a pass for Tulane last year because... Well, I mean, as much as a pass as it deserves because they ended up being pretty good, but... Yeah. But,
1: yes. Uh, Like, I could see... Than being in a knockdown dragout with Troy and then beating Missouri by like five touchdowns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, well, I,
2: I feel like that's what happened last year. They lost to Tulane at home and then drilled Missouri in, in Manhattan.
1: It uh, probably was.
2: Uh, Cherokee Sooner says unless something drastic happens like last year, the best team we will play all year might be Texas. And I'm yeah. very uncomfortable with that.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it's worse. Last year, they destroyed Missouri then lost to Tulane, and then beat Oklahoma. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. We talk about Texas as the team that's hot
3: and cold. Please stay in school and try your best. You never know where a good education might take you. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force.
4: Win the most
3: three times a week
4: during Apache Casino Hotel slot tournament days. 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Rewards members receive one free session in our slot tournament. Won another round in the tournament? Earn 200 slot points daily each tournament day to play an extra tournament session. Apache Casino Hotel, where you win the most.
3: Yeah, really good. You know, they got a lot of you know new transfers in that uh, played high-level football and played really well. So uh, they're a great team and, you know, we got to, you know, prepare for them, and come Saturday, you know, we'll, we'll all find out.
2: This Dylan Gabriel, asked today about the SMU Mustangs coming to town. OU a 16.5-point favorites, 5 p.m. on Saturday night, yeah. ESPN+. Plus. Uh, a lot of people are fascinated on the text line about your pronoun- pronunciation of the state Wyoming. Yeah. Uh, some would like you to uh, repeat that if, if possible. Wyoming? Yeah.
1: No one's ever heard that?
2: I've heard it so many times. I just i am amazed that so many people just heard it for the first time.
1: Yeah. Get used to it. Repeat it to your friends. Have them look at you like you're a psychopath, mm -hmm. and then uh, just walk off. Get
2: used to it uh, in two years' time when we talk about Wyoming football again. No, they do play Texas coming up in a couple weeks, so maybe we'll we'll mention them again.
1: Yeah, I haven't even – I'm looking at the rest of the schedule – it um, it appears to be pretty straightforward this year. I haven't even scanned the Southeastern Conference for alternate pronunciations yet. We'll wait on that. No reason to get ahead of ourselves.
2: Not SEC ready just yet, but Mm-mm. hopefully you get there. Uh, okay. Is it an overreaction? Or is it dead on balls accurate to say today, man, it was good while it lasted. It was an impressive run. But forget about it. The Clemson run is over. They're not winning and competing for national championships anytime soon anymore.
1: Uh, I'm going to someone say, wants to say dead
2: on balls accurate. He's close.
1: Uh, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of reasons to suggest that that may be the case. However, I'm going to hold off and and see what happens. You don't. If this goes for us. He's gonna know, hold
2: off until Florida State rolls in there and wins yeah, in a few yeah. weeks, and he's like, okay, yeah, yeah that's dead yeah. on balls accurate.
1: Yeah, I, you know, they didn't. I know they cruised last year and they were eight no at one point, but they didn't look good really at any point during that eight okay? uh, no.
2: Got beat by South Carolina, and then Tennessee was a good team, but playing with the backup quarterback and lost that game. Yeah, yeah. But, what like? Go, was there a game last year where? Clemson had a really good result to where we said, "Ooh, okay, yeah, they're a really good
1: team." Well, they won some games early on, and then you know they beat number twenty-one Wake at Wake in two eh. overtimes. Eh. They beat number ten NC State the next week at home. Eh. They beat number fourteen Syracuse. Eh. Uh, they beat a lot of teams that were ranked high. How but did none the of those... hell the
2: ACC have that many teams ranked that high? And
1: none of them ended up What's being any good there? by the by the end of the season. None of those teams really accomplished much of anything that I remember, unless I'm missing something. They took a big L to Notre Dame, and then they got beat by South Carolina. You know, I, there's a lot of wins in there, but not much of substance. They did beat FSU last year, 34-28. The, so opportunity, in Tallahassee.
2: the opportunity is now for Florida State. FSU, if you're going to get back playing at a high level, and they lose a lot of players from this year's team, they're going to yep. have to reload. But you've got the momentum. The time is now if you want to be back. You, you better be- take advantage of you, it.
1: You better, but don't go in there too confident does it bring your own guts uh, there in Clemson this year against FSU I guess we'll see I don't know I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait a little bit longer and see what they bring all right that's it for us killed it on the text line today guys you're awesome as always you drive the show we're just along for the ride it's time for an ice cold Pacifico
3: Open all the doors and let you out into the world closing time turn all over of- Lights on, over every boy and every girl. Closing time.
1: One last
0: call for Al You're listening to the home of Sooner fans. K-R-E-F.